Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Red Letters Sermon Series, which looks at the words of Jesus Christ in the Gospels. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Uh, We're going to uh, be in Mark chapter 3. We're going to continue uh, tonight on the brand new series that was started last Sunday on the Red Letters of the New Testament. Red letters of the New Testament. We are entering into a a very busy time for the church, um, and it's an exciting time because all of us can have a part in what's going on. Uh, I, like like your pastor and the staff, we realize uh, you can't be involved in everything, but you can be involved in some things. And so just find out what it is you can do and where you can fit in and what you can handle. and uh, get in on the, not only on the work, but on the rewards. We're going to be rewarded one day for the things we've done in this life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, this uh, past Thursday, that new series was started by Brother Micah. Uh, I'm kind of with you, Leo. I wanna, I'm going to come back Thursday because I want to see that wrinkled guy get ironed out, don't you? I want you to know, Brother Micah, that us seniors, we're kind of, uh, we're kind of uh, offended that you drew our picture up there with all those wrinkles on there. And so you got to iron that out. We want to see what our new body's going to look like, all right? <laughs> if you're in uh, Matthew chapter 3, that's kind of going to be our, our main text, but we're going to look at some other uh, scriptures as well. Matthew chapter 3 is where we will uh, be looking. And I said Mark. Well, Mark chapter 1 will be there too. We'll go to Mark in just a minute. That's where I have my place marked in Mark. I marked Mark. Okay. <laughs> so get to Mark first, Mark chapter 1. But we're going to be looking at the red letter words, of course. Those are the words of Christ. Now I want to remind you that if you have a red letter edition of the Bible, most of us here have seen one or owned one, and you see those red letters, that just simply shows that those were the words spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ. But Every word of the Bible is the word of God. So those are no more important than the others. It just delineates for us that, hey, this is what Jesus said. And so we're going to look at the words that Jesus spoke that are recorded for us here in the Bible. Of course, there are many other words that that Jesus spoke that are not recorded for us. Uh, And of course, uh, last week, pastor took us to Luke chapter 2 where Jesus was in the temple and he was talking with the scribes and, and uh, religious leaders. And the Bible doesn't tell us what he said to them. But when his mother and Joseph found him after they'd searched for three days and they found him, he said, what, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? And uh, pastor brought out that that showed us his humility. And it showed us that he was uh, willing to do the purpose that his father had for him to fulfill that purpose. And he has uh, had that focus to do the Lord's will, to do his Father's will. And he brought out those points that you and I, we need to humble ourselves and say, okay, Father, what would you have me to do? And we need to have that same desire to say, I want to serve God. I want to fulfill God's purpose in my life. And so we come to this statement in Matthew chapter 3, and I'll just read it to you, and then we'll be in Mark 1. But in Matthew 3, we come to the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where we see the second time that it's recorded for us what Jesus said. 
and he came to John to be baptized. And John said, I, I, I don't, I shouldn't, you, sh you should baptize me, I shouldn't baptize you. And he tried to forbid the Lord, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But Jesus said this, Suffer it to be so now, for this, thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. So those are the words that we're going to look at here in a few moments. But let's, uh, let's uh, stand and we'll read uh, some verses in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And it's good to know that the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ is referred to in all four of the Gospels. All four of the Gospels uh, talk about it. And so we'll see here in Mark chapter 1, verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is what's interesting. Uh, Mark just starts out with the baptism of Christ. He says, this is written by John Mark. You remember John Mark and went with Barnabas and, and uh, Paul on their journeys. And, and so he wrote the book of Mark. And he just starts out, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold... I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John, he's telling us who that messenger is, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed in camel's hair and with a girdle of uh, skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to uh, stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost." And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the spirit driveth him, Jesus, into the wilderness. So we see this depiction of the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to answer some questions about his baptism in just a few moments. Let's, let's ask the Lord's help in it. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just take a moment and ask the Lord to speak to you. It's amazing how when a preacher preaches, I might not even say something that deals with you, but the Holy Spirit can do that in your heart. And so just ask the Lord to speak to you tonight and ask him to help you to make a right decision and to respond right. Our Father, we do thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the blessings of the day. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done this past week. And yet, Father, we need your mercies new every morning like we heard about uh, last week. Father, we need your power even tonight. We need you to work in our lives, Lord. And we don't know what this coming week holds, but you do. So, Father, we yield to you. We pray, Father, for your direction, help, and strength in our lives tonight. Meet needs here tonight that you know about, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you. You can be seated. And as you're seated, turn, if you will, to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Excuse me. John chapter 1. And we're going to note in John chapter 1, again, about the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, the Bible talks about John the Baptist in verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came as a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He was in the world, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So it's talking about John coming to witness and lay the groundwork, the foundation work for the introduction of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, coming into the world. And if you'll hold your place here and turn to uh, Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. And we'll be back in John 1 in just a moment. Luke chapter 3 gives us uh, Luke's depiction. And he's uh, sometimes a little more clear on things. Sometimes he gives us a little more detail on things. And so in Luke chapter 3, we see him telling us about the baptism of Christ. And uh, verse 1, he tells us when it was. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. Uh, and he goes on, he explains what was going on. And he come down to verse number 3. And he came into uh, all the country about Jordan. This talk about John the Baptist. Preaching the baptism of what? Repentance. repentance. The baptism of repentance for remission of sins. Now, what John preached was, hey, you need to repent of your sins. You need to repent and be baptized. You need to repent and be baptized. By the way, the first sermon we hear from the Lord Jesus Christ is, you need to repent and be baptized. Now, the baptism isn't a repentance, but baptism is a sign of what's taking place in a person's heart. The same thing that we do today. When uh, Aiden got baptized this morning, when you got baptized, that wasn't to wash away sins or anything like, like that. It was that you had already put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but baptism just shows others that, hey, I have made that commitment. I have uh, repented of my sins and received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And so repentance, uh, baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, verse number four. As it is written in the book, what do I do with my glasses now? As it is written in the book, of the words Isaiah the prophet saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked made straight, and the rough way shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. And then as we go on, he tells us that uh, John speaks to the multitude. Then he said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, a bunch of serpents, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits 
worthy of repentance. And begin not to say within yourselves, well, we have Abraham for our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. You see, a lot of those uh, religious leaders, they were counting on their relationship with Abraham. They were counting on their good works. They were counting on uh, the sacrifices of the temple and so forth, not realizing that there was one coming. And so John is there to tell them there's one coming. I'm not worthy to even get down and, and loose the latchet of his sandal. He's coming. He's greater than I. I'm baptizing with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And he tells them here, um, as we skip on down a couple of verses, verse number 15. And as the people were in expectation and all men mused, they thought, they con uh, considered in their hearts of John whether he were the Christ or not. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You get baptized with the Holy Ghost, that's getting saved. Baptism with fire, that means you're going to hell. You got to make a choice on that, all right? Whose fan it is, in hand, is his hand, and it goes on and talks about uh, some more of that. And then down verse 21, for time's sake. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heavens were open, and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age. So now we see a timeline, and we see about when this took place. And uh, Jesus was 30 years of age now. And we're going to learn some things about Jesus and about John. But I want us to notice back in John chapter 1, one more passage and then we'll put some things together. John chapter 1, verse number 19. And this is a record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou, thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Well, who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said by the prophet Isaiah. He said, I'm fulfilling that scripture. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees, and they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth, notice this, one among you whom you know not. He it is that cometh after me, that is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethbarba, excuse me, Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, notice that, 
I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel, therefore am I baptizing with water. John said, I'm baptizing with water to make known who this Jesus is. Verse 32, and John bare record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode on him and I knew him not. And there he is again. He said, I didn't know who it was, but he that sent me to baptize with water, that was God, remember John 1, he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So as we look at these different uh, scriptures and the renditions of uh, the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll be over in Matthew chapter 3 for the remaining part of the message. As we look at these, uh, we notice that John said to the people there, he said, uh, there's one among you that you don't know who he is. And a few verses later he said, I didn't know who he was. Think of that. John said, I didn't know who he was, but I was told that when I see the Holy Spirit descend and remain on him, that's the one. And so we, we see this take place at the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's look back a little bit and understand this. Jesus and John, they were special men. Jesus and John were special. Their birth was announced by angels, both of them. Angels came and said, you're going to have a child. Uh, they were miracle births, virgin birth with Mary, and of course Elizabeth being past the age of bearing children, and yet she had John. Both of these men, Jesus and John, were named by God. God gave them the names, what they were to be named. Both of these men were sent by God. Their mothers, Elizabeth and Mary, both knew, hey, my son, this boy is a special gift. He's a special son. Jesus and John were cousins. Now the reason we know that is because the Bible says that Mary and Elizabeth were cousins. Now we don't know if they were first cousins, second cousins, third cousins, but they were cousins and so that made John and Jesus related. They were cousins in, a, in a, a, an earthly sense. But they were uh, related and uh, Mary and Elizabeth. When Mary went to visit Elizabeth, you remember, Elizabeth was expecting and she was six months further along in her, uh, in her expecting the child, six months earlier than Mary. And when Mary showed up, the Bible says that John the babe leaped in Elizabeth's womb because John was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Now there's a vast uh, uh, thing to explore there, but we don't have time for it. But John was about six months older then than Jesus. And so because of that, G John's ministry started about six months earlier than Jesus. And so uh, maybe Jesus and John had met as children. We don't know. It's not told to us. But I can imagine that uh, every year they'd be coming to the Jerusalem for the Passover and probably and they'd come to the, the Passover and be at the Passover feast. Maybe the family or the relatives would have some type of a get together and maybe little John and little Jesus would run around and maybe they knew each other just as 
distant cousins, uh, like, like we did growing up with our cousins and your children and grandchildren did. So we don't know, but we do know that John said, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who the Messiah was until I saw what God told me I was going to see. And so we can imagine that uh, Mary and Elizabeth, Jesus and John, maybe a little family get together and Mary says to Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth, hey, how's, how's your son, John? How's he doing? Elizabeth says, well, you know, our son, John, he's a little bit odd. Uh, he, he, likes, he likes just being out in the desert all the time. He's, and, he, and he wears this funky, these funky clothes. I don't know if he's going through a teenage phase or what it is, but uh, he, just, he just is different than all the other kids. And, and his diet, I mean, the, guy, the kid eats bugs. You know, he eats bugs and dips them in honey. And I don't know, he just, you know, John's a little bit weird. How, how's your son Jesus? Well, Jesus is perfect. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine how, how all that would go on, but you know, he's, they didn't have bumper stickers back then about how good your kids were. If they did, that Jesus' cart would have them all over, you know. So these men were both, they were different, weren't they? They were different, but they were both greatly used by God, of course, Jesus being God in the flesh. Now in our text, Matthew chapter 3, we see that John had begun his ministry and he'd been preaching and baptizing down by the Jordan, up and down the Jordan River for about six months. He was preaching, hey, judgment is coming. Who hath warned you to flee from the judgment to come? Repent of your sins. Show forth fruits of repentance. After you repent of your sins, you need to prove it by your works. Uh, you're not saved by your works, but your works show that you've made a repentance, and then I'll baptize you. And so that's basically what's going on. And so in Matthew chapter 3, we come to our main text, verse 1. In these days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went uh, out to meet him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the regions around the Jordan, and were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins." But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say unto you, God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water and repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into a garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus unto Galilee, to Jordan, unto John, to be baptized of him. Now we notice that John said in verses 11 and 12, there's one mightier than I that is coming. In verse 13, then cometh Jesus. Whenever Jesus comes on the scene, things change. Did you notice that? 
Never showed up at a funeral, but things changed big time, didn't it? And he came to Jordan, unto John, notice the reason, to be baptized by John. That's why Jesus came. He walked between 30 and 40 miles from Nazareth to where John was baptizing. He walked that 30 to 40 miles just to be baptized. And John, notice verse 14, John forbade him. Now we are going to answer some questions. We've already answered a number of questions. And whenever I look at scriptures, I always ask basic questions. Who, what, when, where, why, how? Okay, so as we're looking at these scriptures, we say who? Who are we talking about? Well, we're talking about John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. When are we talking about? Well, it was the time of his baptism. And, and Luke chapter 3 and verse 1 tells us is in the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar. And uh, Jesus was about 30 years old. We read that. And so we say, well, uh, where was this taking place? Well, this was taking place at the Jordan River where John was baptizing. Well, what was going on there? Well, John was preaching and he was baptizing those who repented of their sins and showed that they were serious about it and he would baptize them. Well, how did he baptize them? Well, that's very simple. The word baptizo, the Greek word baptizo, means to plunge under or to dip. That's what the word baptize means. A lot of religions now talk about sprinkling or pouring, but that's not at all what the word baptize means. Baptize means to put under. Uh, when you have somebody that's buried, you don't just sprinkle a little dirt on them. You put them under the ground, and that's the picture, of course, of his burial. And so the one question we come to is this last question, why? Why did Jesus get baptized? Here we see a strange thing. John is preaching, repent of your sins and get baptized. Hey, you need to get baptized. Hey, you need to be warned. Judgment's coming. You need to get baptized. And he's preaching that. Jesus comes on the scene and says, I want to get baptized. And John says, whoa, wait a minute. No. No, I, I, I need to be baptized of you. I'm not going to baptize you. And John refused. The Bible says John forbade him. said, no, no, don't come down into the water. You're not going to get baptized. Why did he do that? Because he knew who Jesus was. He knew that Jesus was sinless. God had now depicted this for John. And he said, I need to be baptized by you. Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible says, Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. John knew it. John was convinced of it. John attested to it. I'm not going to baptize you. And John forbade him. When we read these words, it says uh, he forbade him. These words are written in a sense of a continual sense. Uh, and that sense is he continued to say no. Continued to say, no, I'm not going to baptize you. I, I'm not going to allow that to happen. And we read Jesus' response in verse 15. Jesus answering said unto him, here's his red letters, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John suffered him. John allowed him. The word suffers in Old English words means allow. Allow it to be so, to fulfill all righteousness. And John said, okay, I'll allow it. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up 
out of the water. The Bible says he's straightway up out of the water. And we see that John went ahead and baptized Jesus. Have you ever done something, and I'm sure you have, just because it was the right thing to do? Just the right thing to do. Our three little grandchildren that you know here, Lena and Micah and Dennis, all three of them here within the last year have had something kind of neat happen. I was at the library with Lena, and we were well, with all three of them, and we were looking at some, uh, some things to pick up at the library, and Lena looked down on the ground, and there was a $5 bill. She picked it up. She said, look, Papa, what I found. I said, wow, that's neat. What should we do with it? She said, I don't know. I said, well, did you see somebody drop it? Was anybody around here? No, nobody's around here. And I said, well, there were a couple of ladies here that had just been to Walmart, and it might have fallen out of their purses because I had talked to them, given them a track. And uh, I said, it might be theirs. And she said, could be. I said, well, what should we do with it? She said, I don't know. I said, what we need to do is we need to turn it into the library and give it to them here. And if somebody comes back to claim it, then it's theirs. She said, well, really? <laughs> so yeah, that'd be the right thing to do. So that's what we did. We went up and gave it to the lady and they put a little sticky note on it, you know. And so we left and, and uh, of course, Lena, as any child would, was hoping that somehow it would become hers. So I went back to the library a week later, took some things back and I, Asked the lady, I said, you know, I was in here last week with my grandchildren and my granddaughter found a $5 bill and we didn't know whose it was and she turned it in. I was wondering if that $5 bill is still here. She opened the desk drawer and there it was with a little sticky note on it. She said, yeah, I guess nobody's claimed it. I guess she can have it, gave it to me. And so I was able to give it to Lena and boy, she was happy about that, that she found that money and, and now it was, uh, it was hers. And she had done the right thing by turning it in. Little Micah, he found some money over by our apartments out beside a, a door of uh, some people's car. And we said, well, it might belong to those people. And I uh, uh, said, what should we do with it? He said, well, I don't know. I said, well, what do you think would be the right thing to do? He said, I guess to ask the people if it's theirs. I said, that's right. So we went up and we asked the people, that you happen to lose some money downstairs? Oh, yeah, I missed that money. And they told us how much it was. And, of course, it was theirs, and so we gave the money to them. But that was the right thing to do. And uh, Micah was a little disappointed that he didn't get to keep the money, you know. Then his last, uh, last week, Dennis was at our place, and he found $25. $25. Yeah, someone, follow me around. There's money all over. Maybe I lost it. I don't know. So he found $25, and we said, what's the right thing to do? We said, well, we need to check around and see. And so I asked everybody but them because I know they would claim it. And so uh, we knew where it was, where it was uh, found, so we knew probably who might have dropped it. And so we asked the individual, and they said, no, it's not mine. And if it is, I don't miss it, he can have it. And so uh, yesterday after men's breakfast, I said, here, Dennis, close your eyes, open your hand. And I gave him that $25. His eyes got big, and he was happy. And then his dad grabbed it. But... <laughs> But what I'm getting at is, A, it's the right thing to do. There's times in our life when sometimes we don't want to do it, but we know it's the right thing to do. And that's what we see happening here. It was just the right thing to do. The word righteous means morally proper. It means upright. It means ethical conduct, to be righteous. Uh, it's a quality of being morally right. It's justifiable. 
This is the right thing to do. And the word righteousness means uprightness before God. Uprightness before God. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, the Bible says, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the righteous one, and our righteousness is found in him. Why then, if Jesus was righteous and he was not a sinner, and John was preaching the baptism of repentance, why was Jesus baptized? I want to give you some suggested thoughts, and um, then I think I'll give you a, a, a correct answer. I'm not saying that these answers are not correct. These all could be right, and we'll go through them pretty quickly. Number one, someone said, well, it was so that he would align himself with us as human beings. He would show himself as the Son of Man. He would show his humanity, his submission to the obedience of the will of God. He was giving us an example. We'd say, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. He's aligning himself with mankind. He's giving us an example. Secondly, someone said, well, of course, it was to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies. The Old Testament prophecies that talked about when he would come on the scene. Psalm chapter 2 and verse 7, Isaiah 40, Isaiah 42. Those verses took place over 2,000 years before this time. And the, the Jewish people were awaiting the Messiah to come and fulfill some of those scriptures. And his baptism fulfilled those scriptures. Somebody says, well, thirdly, it was to acknowledge and to authenticate John's ministry. Well, Jesus' baptism by John, that certainly authenticated John's ministry, showing others that, hey, I believe in John's ministry. I believe that his message is real. His ministry is linked with mine. His mission is from God. And certainly that would be a purpose for his baptism. <clears throat> Another would say, this was a time of Jesus' public introduction to the world. It was his public introduction to ministry. Here we see he was 30 years old. When uh, the priests were to serve, they would become 30 years of age. And at that point, they had certain rituals that they would do for the priests to prepare them to serve in the tabernacle or in the temple. And one of those things that they would do was uh, to wash them all over and so forth. And so this was maybe that time where Jesus was being uh, introduced into his ministry and starting his earthly ministry at the age of 30. And of course, it was to show his messiahship, that he is the Messiah. For example, to relieve the doubts of John, who said, I didn't know who he was. We read that in verse 31 and verse 33. I wasn't sure who he was, but then God revealed him unto me. And so when Jesus came on the scene and was baptized, it showed, yes, I am the one. I am the Messiah. I am the Lamb of God. And John said, behold, the Lamb of God. I am the light of the world. I am the one who's going to take the sin of the world upon myself. And so it was introducing the Messiah. And then somebody said, well, I believe that it was a picture of Jesus' future passion. That he was going to one day suffer and bleed and die and be buried and raised again. And his baptism was a looking forward, just like baptism today is, looking back at what Jesus did for us. And Jesus, of course, 
mentioned that when he talked with his disciples and they said, we want to set one on the right and one on the left. And he said, well, listen, can you drink of the cup that I'm going to drink of? Can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? And he used that wording. And of course, over in Romans chapter six, it talks about how we are baptized with Christ unto his death and raised like unto his resurrection to walk in newness of life. And so there's a picture of that. That is a picture of his death, burial, and resurrection, looking forward to that. And so any of those and all of those answers could be proper and would make sense. And I don't think any of them would be going or stretching outside of regular thinking. But I think we need to just look at verse 15, Jesus' answer, the red letters. So let's look at that again, verse number 15. Jesus answering said unto him, unto John, here's the answer, suffer or allow it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. The reason I'm going to be baptized, John, is to fulfill all righteousness. It is the proper thing to do. It is the right thing to do. It is the ethical, moral thing to do. I think that's a simple answer that Jesus was giving to John. We want to fulfill all righteousness. I've come to fulfill the law. I've come to become the Messiah. I've come to be the sacrifice and die. And we're going to fulfill all righteousness. It's a proper thing for me to do at this time. And of course, God's approval is on it. Look at verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and in the heavens were opened. We're going to see the Trinity here. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It says the heavens were opened. When it says here the heavens were opened, the, the word there in, in the Greek is the word schizo, which means uh, it was split open. It was uh, ruptured open. It's the same word that's used over there when it talks about the veil of the temple when Christ died and the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And that's the same word that's used here. The heavens were open and the Holy Spirit was seen coming down. Notice this. Uh, the heavens were opened unto him and he saw, John the Baptist saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Over in another passage, Luke said, in the form of a dove. And here we see the Holy Spirit coming down with a physical form, coming down as a dove, like a dove, gently, and landing upon the Lord Jesus Christ, delicately, lightly, and a voice from heaven, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Whenever we do things because it's a proper thing to do, the right thing to do, the righteous thing to do, God is well pleased. We need to always get in the habit of doing things because it's just right that we would do that. Baptism is one of those things. I think it was already mentioned earlier about Aiden's baptism. Micah mentioned it, how it's, it's so simple for a child. They get saved and they want to follow the Lord in baptism. And yet adults sometimes go for years without getting baptized. Why? Because they make it harder than it really is. It's just the right thing to do. The Bible is very clear. We get saved, we get baptized, and then we go ahead and follow the Lord. It's called the first step in obedience to the Lord's command. It's just the right thing to do. It's the proper thing to do. If you're here tonight and you've been saved, but you've not been baptized since you've been saved, consider that. Jesus was our example. Hey, this is the right thing to do. It's a proper thing to do. And we see the authority of the Father there. Over 50 times in the New Testament, 
we see Jesus referred to as the Son of God. The Son of God. He was not only the Son of Man, but the Son of God and God the Son. It's the right thing to do. Jesus said, John, suffer it now to be so, for it's time right now for us to fulfill all righteousness. It's the right, proper thing to do. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.